the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kabalik. It is Monday, July the 12th. You are tuned into Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, a full service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs. Family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their new historic location at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. Marsha, how you doing? How was your weekend? Good Monday morning. <laughs> Ooh, I don't Change know if I got that kind bit. of energy. Yeah, my goodness. <laughs> It was a good weekend. How about yours? It was pretty good. Spent some time with the family. Went out to nice. uh, Orr's Farm Market. Met Did, everybody out there. Were the, the nephews and the baby niece? They were loving it. Oh. They were loving it. Took a little hayride down to the petting zoo mm-hmm. area and whatnot. And then the rain was getting ready to come, so we had to cut the rest of it short uh, yesterday. But yeah, it was nice. It was nice. Did you to get blueberries or pie? Uh, I got raspberries and then I uh, got them nice. in the market itself because we didn't have time to go pick them or anything. And um, they were about half gone by the time I got to the register. Yeah, so, well, yeah, I understand. But is that stealing if they do it by the by like the Wait, the weight? Were the kids doing it, or were was it you? I was doing it, but I was gonna buy them, I so I had them. I was walking around with them. They were gonna get bought. I think you get a pass if it's your kids, yeah. and you're gonna pay for it anyway. I'm not sure if like a grown man Just eating half around. of it. <laughs> but that's what I was. I was sitting there, and I didn't wasn't even realizing that I was doing it. And uh, I walk up, I'm like, man, if he's doing this by the weight, I, I mean, it's like half of what it was. I think it's by like the, the container. Like yeah. If it's a pint or a quarter or whatever. So I think you're covered. I don't think you cheated oars. Because I've been with people that'll go to like a supermarket or something and they'll mm-hmm. go down one of the snack aisles and get one of the uh, like donut, like the little mm-hmm. donuts. Just open that and just, bag up. And just eat the whole thing and just scan an empty bag when they get up to the uh, cash register. You know, you're not supposed to eat, um, <laughs> go to the grocery store and shop hungry. <laughs> so maybe that was their way of like not buying $120 worth of stuff. That'll be my issue today you when I get out of here. Store? Yeah, because I don't think I'll go get lunch beforehand. Um, no, so you yeah, need to eat something. Mm. Pretzels, something. You need to eat. Something. I don't know. Maybe. But did you do any, get in anything crazy this weekend? We did a, do any like partying a, or something? <laughs> have we met? <laughs> um, we did like a two-hour kayak trip. Man, you guys are all over the kayaks oh, this, uh, my this summer. Husband. If, if I were by myself, those kayaks would just gather dust. But because because he lives with me, we go kayaking. Uh, he makes you get out. He does. And it's a good thing. Absolutely. You know? And we see all these, like we saw the great blue heron. and we saw a hawk. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, we always see cool stuff. We got out at a different spot. There was no guitar music or <laughs> oh yeah harp music the- <laughs> or anything, but but I mean it was really easy to get out where we were. And he's like, "This is where you're going to want to get out every yeah. time." I'm like, "Yep." Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. You had uh, some good days to go out and do some kayaking. It I mean, you could do lovely. a lot worse things on a hot weekend. And it rained, but it didn't rain like enough to ruin everyone's. Ooh, it was pouring when we were. Uh, were you talking yesterday? It went, we got like the the downpour. Yeah, but then it. I mean it. You That's wouldn't true. know it, it afterward. Because yeah, really? I rode out and met the family out there and then I uh, had to stuff the bike in the back of one of the cars and 
get rushed back in because it was pouring down rain. Good thing you had people coming. To, oh, I know. So you didn't have to ride in the rain. But that's awesome. You got up with the family to see oars and yeah. the baby goat and all that. All the baby goats. There was like four oh. of them. Yeah. And there was one that was only like three days old. That's so cool. Yeah, it was pretty neat. And a bunch of peacocks running around. And uh, yeah, it was neat. It was awesome. cool. So, uh, yeah, if you're looking for something to do with uh, some young uh, kids in your family, well, Orr's Farm Market is definitely a great way to spend a summer afternoon. Now, uh, Marcia, you were able to link up with a truck driver here in the area uh, for uh, to talk about, you know, the traffic and different situations that happened, you know, not just on 91, but 91 is pretty much the main mm-hmm. focal point. Right. Absolutely. So I saw... Um, a post on one of the traffic pages uh, by this guy. He's like, I'm a trucker. Here's what I see. Here's my perspective. And I reached out to him. We are here with Sean Gillespie. He is a truck driver here in the area. And, uh, you know, we have been having a lot of traffic. Well, forever, it seems at this point, we've had a lot of issues with traffic, accidents, and uh, construction on I-81. Uh, and a lot of people like to blame the truckers, right? Because they're the biggest vehicles out on the road. They're the first ones you see. And you usually kind of associate that with the traffic, with construction. So, uh, Marsha, we have our uh, next guest with us here on the line. Like I said, uh, Sean Gillespie. And uh, he has a little bit of a different perspective on mm-hmm. Things, right welcome in hi hey so um i read a social media post that you shared on one of the i81 pages and i thought this is a perspective we need to bring to our listeners because it's not always the truckers causing the issues yes not all the time that's for sure so talk about what the perspective is uh, one of the things you did on your post was you had a picture of the inside of your cab with a bunch of dials and you, you showed how you know you're you're con- continuously monitored uh, for how you're driving, and if someone cuts in front of you, um, you know you've got documentation of that. Oh yes, we have cameras. Some some of the trucks have four cameras on them: uh, one to the front, one to the rear, and one on each side. Um, our company trucks only have a camera up in the windshield to uh, forward facing. Uh, they do video everything we do inside and outside of the cab. Everything that happens in the traffic out here, all is recorded. Um, if there is an incident, then it is played back. If there is no incidents, the recording is, is lost. It's gone. Most of the time, the problems that we have are cars that want to drive really slow on the highway. And that, that camera keeps us from getting too close to them. Yeah, I was going to ask you, so how long have you been you know, uh, driving a truck? And what have you noticed in those years uh, that has changed with you know, traffic either getting faster, getting slower, or just getting more congested? Yeah, the traffic is a lot faster. The traffic is running 15 to 25 mile an hour faster than they did 10 years ago. One of the biggest problems here in Berkeley County is they are building a lot of housing, but they're not improving the roads to accommodate the housing. And it's really clogging up our highways and byways really bad. Local roads as well. So I have to ask you, you know, what have you seen through the years uh, that you've been driving that has kind of stayed with you as far as accidents that could have been prevented? The past few years, it's mainly been people on their cell phones. Every single person that passes me either has it in their hand or they're looking at their phone. Total distracted driving is one of the main things why we're having a lot of these off-the-wall accidents. We've had some really bad accidents out here on 81 that really should not have happened. And it's mainly because of distracted driving is what causes all of it. 
Now, do you think that that is uh, the, the only way that that's kind of swarted is through, you know, more police out on the roads? I mean, I know right now they have the initiative on trying to uh, uh, monitor, um, what do they call The construction it? The, zones. Well, those in the commercial vehicle speed limits right now. Uh, do you kind of feel like that that's uh, a misguided target on just the, you know, bigger vehicles out on the road? Or should it be more of a, uh, I guess, umbrella type of thing? Oh, yes. I clocked a vehicle uh, last Wednesday doing 133 mile an hour in the construction zone. Uh, He cut over in front of me and kept on going. Uh, The tractor trailers, yes, they do speed in the the construction zones. Um, Not all trucks do. Not all drivers are professional. I tell you, they have signs out here right now. Get your CDL in three weeks. I'm sorry, but it does it does not take three weeks to learn how to do this type of thing. Well, I, I'm still I'm still stuck on the 100 miles an hour in that 130 130 in the construction zone. Yes, 133 mile an hour in the construction zone. It was right here on my CMS. And so you can't even you don't even see that car go past <laughs> it. You just hear it. No, yeah, I, well, I, I can't even hear it, really, Yeah, <laughs> I'm in a tractor-trailer, you know. <laughs> Again, we're speaking with Sean Gillespie, a uh, local truck driver here in the area, talking about uh, some of the, uh, I guess, headaches on ID1. So in your opinion, in your professional opinion, what do you think are, uh, other than, you know, fixing up some of the local roads, what do you think some of the, uh, I guess, remedies are for, you know, these tra- this traffic and these accidents that just seem to get worse and worse? If we could post more law enforcement, but the problem with the law enforcement is the supervisors are actually afraid to send their law enforcement officers out here on the highway because of how dangerous 81 is. Mm-hmm. Um, I am friends with a towing company, a local towing company, that actually the state of West Virginia pays them to stay posted out here along the highway to move vehicles out of the way when they are disabled. And um, this individual told me yesterday on the CB radio that the uh, local law enforcement is scared to bring their cops out here on the highway in order to keep an eye on things. And also, there's only four tow companies out of like 90 tow companies that will even think about coming out on 81 to help anybody. Hmm. Isn't that a shame? It is a shame. That's how bad this highway is out here. That is an absolute shame. I grew up around here in the in the 70s and the early 80s, and we moved away from here in the early 80s. And it's unbelievable how how bad this highway is around here. It's just it's unbelievable. And being a truck driver up way up high and being able to look down on everything, you get to see a whole lot more than you do in a regular vehicle. Absolutely. Again, so, so what do we see? What are you seeing? And what do you want to tell people like us who drive four wheels? You know, we're, we're in the little cars. We're probably annoying you on a daily basis. What do you want to tell us about driving on I-81 as as passenger car drivers? Well, the first thing is, please slow down, please. Um, the next thing is pay attention. Paying attention is one of the biggest problems out there in the in the world today. People do not pay attention to what they're doing. That's the two things that I can think of right off the top of my head that's extremely important. Pay attention and slow down. I wanted to ask you, um, you know, we had a, a horrific accident the other day. Uh, it was July 1st on I-81 right near that rest area. Two truckers got out to help and, and lost their lives did you know either of them? Um, what was your reaction to that? 
No, I did not know either of the truck drivers. Unfortunately, my wife works in the emergency room at Hagerstown Meredith Hospital, and she actually has to deal with all those things. Uh, her and I are actually bikers, so she deals with the truck drivers and the bikers that have issues. And I tell you, the young lady that rear-ended and went completely underneath of the truck still had her phone in her hand. And this beautiful young lady wasn't but like 18, 19 years old, and she will be totally dismembered for the rest of her life. I mean, is it really worth it, you know, to have a phone in your hand and, and babysitting that cell phone constantly while you're driving? It's, it's just not worth it. Well, not all of us have that great uh, equipment you have. You're, you're um, in your truck, you said, you sound amazing. Yes, yes. I have a headset. We're required to run a headset. It's only allowed to cover one ear uh, by law, and uh, it makes for hands-free driving. Um, because dispatch constantly contacts us over different loads and, and different things that we need to do throughout the day. Sounds like all of us passenger car people need hands-free That's right. you know, ability and, and, and this kind of um, clarity yeah. <laughs> it would be great. <laughs> yes, it would be nice. Uh, also, if they would put some something on the cell phone like I have on my work app, if the phone is moving in a vehicle, the app does not work. If they could put something on cell phones that do that, that operate the phones uh, in that type of manner that where they won't work when when you're moving in a vehicle, that would be so much nicer. So Sean Gillespie is with us. He is a, a truck driver. And I wanted to ask before we have to let you go, the perspective of a trucker when someone whips in front of you in a passenger car or a tiny truck um, with very little room for you to stop, What what's that like and what do you want to let people know? What's it like? Um, I can see myself never being able to ride my motorcycle again. I can see myself never being able to see my wife and my family ever again because when vehicles cut out in front of us like that, you can never tell what's going to happen. This truck weighs 27,000 pounds, and the load that I have in the back of it now is 51,000 pounds. So you figure up that's right at 80,000 pounds. You cannot stop that on a dime like, like regular vehicles can. And when people pull out in front of us, we just pray. It's an instant pray, and you just keep praying until they move out from in front of you and they're gone, and then you're moving on down the road to the next area and waiting on that next person to pull out in front of you, cut you off, or slam on the brakes in front of you. One of the things that I have really noticed is people think that when an entrance ramp runs out that we have to slam on the brakes and let them on the highway. That yield sign is up there for a reason. We cannot do that. And right now, the way they have the entrance ramps down here on 81 uh, at the Tabor Station exit set up, there's no way that people can get out of there without getting killed or run over. It's, it's totally dangerous. Again, speaking with Sean Gillespie, local truck driver, uh, thank you for taking a little time to talk with us today uh, and kind of express a different point of view on everything going on there on the roads and on 81. Yes, sir. No problem. I have no problem with that. Safe driving out there. Thank you. Have a great day. You You too. So that was uh, our conversation with, again, Sean Gillespie, a local truck driver here in the area, sharing, you know, a perspective that I don't think is heard very often with all of the traffic problems that, you know, happen around here. Right. I think they're easy targets. People just say, oh, it was those truckers driving mm-hmm. really fast. But he sees a lot, as he said, you know, from his perch up there. Oh, high. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm and he said, he's, you know, yes, there are truckers who are, who don't drive right. And, you know, that happens, too. But um, 
it's a combination of things. And sure. that really makes you think. I mean, I gotta. You'll have to hop on eighty one to go down towards the Tabler mm-hmm. Station exit and what have you when you leave here today. I'll be going the other way uh, up towards the Queen Street exit, which is just as bad, you know, anymore as the Tabler Station one is. So it really, you know, makes you think about. Uh, just being out there on the roads a little differently coming from, uh, you know, the big truck perspective. And we know enough around here to check like West Virginia 511 before mm-hmm. we head out. But imagine if you're just a family heading through on your way from point A to point B for your vacation and and you hit this mess. I know. And the, and the worst thing is all you see are those trucks because 81 is such a big, you know, com- commerce mm-hmm. corridor, if you will. I think that's actually the appropriate uh term for that but uh, uh all you see are these trucks and then they're stopped in a row and then you think oh it's the truck's problem but uh sometimes it's not right sometimes it's not but uh yeah stick around for more here on panhandle live on wepm and wcst the panhandle news network taking local stories and sharing them with the four state this is panhandle live panhandle live is brought to you by sutton and janelle attorneys at law Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their new historic location, 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. If you missed it before the break, we had uh, our interview with... Um, Sean Gillespie. Thank you, Sean Gillespie, local truck driver uh, here in the area, talking about you know the trucker's perspective on uh, the craziness that is uh, the I-81 corridor and, uh, you know, really just traffic in general, which uh, is a very interesting point of view. So if you missed that uh, conversation with Sean Gillespie, you can hear it back over on our Panhandle Live uh, Facebook page a little bit later on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I My script, there's always something that I get wrong with the script. Usually it's the date. Today... I used the wrong highlighter and it just blots it's it just out. It's blue. like it's been redacted. It had his name and everything. Oh, it is on there. But it there, looks like yeah. it's been redacted because it's this dark blue. Why yeah, would dark they make blue that highlighter a, on black font? Why would they make that a highlighter? Why is that even an option? Well, I'm weird when it comes to highlighters in the first place. If they're if I'll only use like real highlighters, mm-hmm. the big ones. The old school ones and also uh, not the Rose Art brand. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the whatever brand is sitting right here, I can't see it. Um, but Sharpie. I will only use the yellow ones. I don't. I, blame I find you. it pointless to use the different colors. Had ones. I had I clicked the right button and you had yellow, you wouldn't have. You would have. You wouldn't have struggled for Sean Gillespie's yep. name. Say, it used, would have been right there. Say, I've used blue ones before, the light blue ones, but they still, I mean, because you're normally writing with you know mm-hmm. a black ink pen or right. a blue ink pen for that matter, so it goes away. Uh, I apologize, and I can only, you know, promise to try to do better. It is okay. In the future. It's okay. You know, sometimes we have those kind of days. It's <laughs> going uh, so well, too. <laughs> but uh, as I was saying, uh, if you missed that conversation with Sean Gillespie, you can hear it back a little bit later on today on our Panhandle Live Facebook page. We're coming up here after the break. It is 4-H and WVU Extension Agency's Mikey Withrow. Uh, he's going to be coming in to talk about 4-H recruitment, the summer camp, uh, and different things going on here around Berkeley County this summer. So stick around for more here on Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, part of the Panhandle story for 75 years. Here are your hosts, Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalik.
Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm, Spring West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs. You can visit their new historic location, downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. If you missed any of the show so far, you can always listen back to it over on our Panhandle Live Facebook page. At the start of the show, uh, we had... Sean Gillespie, a local truck driver, on to talk about uh, the trucker's perspective on everything that is happening on 81, which seems to be daily, which is a very interesting uh, conversation. So go ahead and listen back to that if you missed it a little bit later on today. But we have our next guest joining us in studio. It is uh, Mikey Withrow, 4-H and WVU Extension Agencies. Mikey Withrow, how are you doing this morning? Doing great. Glad to be here. Um, it has been a full-fledged summer for us already, and we're already gearing up you do to finish it out. Uh, we really mark the end of our summer based on the youth fair. So as we're getting up, you know, in a couple of weeks, we will be at the youth fair. Um, so it's definitely been a, you know, full throttle kind of type of summer, I would say. Um, we actually just got back last night at about 10, 30, 11 o'clock with a group of campers. Um, we took to Jackson's Mill. So you guys got to go to Jackson's Mill. We did. So it was our second. They call it a pod. So you have to. It's only twenty kids at a time. Um, but it was. It's a full fun adventure based weekend. So we take the kids mountain biking. We take them up the rock wall. We take them fishing. Um, it's a lot of different hands on activities that we would never be able to offer here in the county. That's awesome. So it has been quite the experience. Again, we've taken two, and then to predate that a little bit, a couple of weeks ago, we actually finish it up. In two days, um, we did a Camp Silver Lining, which was kind of an activity in a box, but it also inc- included a community packet. Um, and on top of like the STEM kits and the class activities and all that different types of stuff, um, kids could elect to, um, they were free tickets for the kids, um, but they could go to River Riders to do tubing or the aerial park. They could go to Cape and State Park and do the paddle boats. They could stop um, at the store up in Berkeley Springs and get a STEM kit. Um, it was full, like I said, it was, you know, full throttle was kind of been our thing. Um, and they went to JD's here, you know, Berkeley County. Um, but we really tried to get them up and out kind of experiencing the community around us. And it's been a really great partnership for us and collaboration tool. That way we could get some, you know, different people out, um, you know, from the community always says, well, if you need something, just ask. And, you know, by golly, we asked and, you know, they showed up. It was amazing. Now, last, awesome. last year, you got a lot of good feedback uh, about those uh, camps in a box and the different take-home kits and whatnot. Now, did you continue to do that this year, kind of do like a hybrid thing where you still were in person with a lot of the campers, but if they you know, still wanted to partake but didn't necessarily feel comfortable with big groups, they could do the take-home boxes and things like that? So this year was um, primarily still in a box. Um, WVU did limit in the number of people we could have in a camp, which was 20 at first. So that was we've taken two pods, like I said, to the mill. Um, we do have some day camps coming up. We actually have one Saturday. Um, we're doing a craft day. And then next Saturday, we have a dance day. Um, so those are a little bit you know, wider. They're up to 30 kids, a um, couple different staff events. Just teach them different skills, different kind of crafts that are based around camp. Um, but all kinds of you know different things. We did throughout the rest of the year offer different boxes. Um, we did a global foods box. We've done winter wonder camp. Uh, really just anything to keep these kids engaged. Um, working with the Berkeley County Summer Soul Program, we actually were able to distribute about 5,000 STEM kits already this summer. Um, you know, I always am very thankful for everyone that comes in. We have a really great set of volunteers that all come in when I say, um, hey, anybody want to come pack STEM kits? Hmm. Um, I was blessed to have an intern this summer. Michaela um, has truly kind of t- spearheaded that program. Um, and, you know, this is actually her 
she's actually taken today off to move back to Morgantown. Um, but Michaela Hargis truly has kind of put her heart and soul into, you know, Berkeley County this summer. Um, and, you know, it's phenomenal to work with these young people who go on to do great things. It's amazing stuff. It is amazing. I'm just so I know you're you're talking about camp and you're gearing up for fair and fair has been kind of going on for you guys all summer because yes. you've had check-ins, livestock, all that stuff. So talk about that process. Absolutely. So the culmination of a 4-H project for me at least um, truly happens at the fair. So whether it be an indoor project where you would make a woodworking project or a cooking project or it be outdoors where you take a horse or a cow, um, to me. The fair is truly the culmination of that event. So 4-Hers have been honing in on those skills, um, you know, developing them kind of themselves. And the, and the beauty of what 4-H allows our kids to do is it allows them to pick their passion. So if they're not interested in livestock, we don't force them into livestock. You know, there, there used to be this giant stigma that you had to be a farmer, you had to be an ag to be in 4-H. And we've truly worked the past couple of years to shatter that glass ceiling. Um, you know, we are achieving, you know, all time high numbers and females in STEM. We're achieving high numbers and males going into cooking, sewing, all these different types of projects that, you know, normally they'd be like, well, I'm not taking that because I'm a insert, you know, but it's really, it's really amazing as the leader of this organization to look and see the diversity and, you know, all the different types of kids that are taking these projects. We have kids that have never been in 4-H. They come in, they find a coding project, and that propels them to go to college. Mm. I mean, we have some nationally ranked STEM kids. We have some kids that go on to, you know, these leadership conferences. Um, I always like to brag on some of my teams, like Julie Snyder. Um, I asked her to apply for National Congress, which is a huge ordeal in the state of West Virginia as well as in the United States. Um, it's a full week after Thanksgiving. They leave Black Friday, um, and they go to Atlanta for a weekend. Mm. Uh, but it's truly full immersion into the 4-H, you know, upper levels of leadership. And, you know, to back that up, Elena Miller, um, there's a hands, there's a project called Hands to Larger Service where you do a community service project in your community. And she rebuilt the entire deck on our nurse's cabinet camp. Hmm. And, you know, to see, you know, in a time where we have so much negativity that comes with all these types of organizations, you know, our youth. Um, truly are like shattering any any goal that I give them you know it's amazing to me like I get teary-eyed thinking about it (laughs) but it's like my kids are going out here and doing these amazing things and it gives me hope it really does because these kids are going to be the future and I guarantee you they change the world a lot of them are just are also going to come back because we've seen interviewing folks at the youth fair uh, some of the adult volunteers were you know they had exhibitions there 30 years prior. Absolutely. It truly is a family ordeal. And, you know, we were talking to Tara Morgan yesterday and she has three generations of Mingo chiefs and that's just a tribe that we camp with. Right. Um, But, you know, you combat that by saying, well, if you look at like the Lintons, the Lintons have shown dairy at the Berkeley County Youth Fair, you know, four or five generations deep and you can still see the Lintons in the dairy building and you can still see Jackie Lang in the young farmer's booth. You know, it, it truly is. You know, it, it, you become one giant family. Right. Like you can guarantee that you can walk in the gate and I can see Dawn Pingley, the youth fair president, on the ramp. I wave to her every morning as I go in. Um, I can walk over to, um, depending on the morning, you know, I can walk over and see one of, you know, any certain family, the Davis family, for example. Um, guarantee you they will make egg sandwiches one morning for breakfast. Go over, grab one of those. Um, you know, it truly becomes, you know, a family 
group that you can rely on to see year after year and you know to know that there's such support for the youth organizations and such support for the community truly is amazing again we're speaking with 4-h and wvu extension agencies mikey withrow uh, and the last time we talked what really struck me and uh, you kind of touched on it here as well was when i was growing up i always thought 4-h meant you were going to learn about like cows and how to shear sheep cows and, and plows you know, That's things like say. that right and like corn and whatnot uh, but it's truly impressive uh, especially with all the stem things that you're doing because i mean that's not necessarily being you know out in you know the pastures or anything although it does have a lot of connection to it because of how you know technologically advanced farming has gotten but i think that uh, is very interesting that it's not just you know what would you say uh Cows and plows. Cows and plows, yeah. (laughs) That used to kind of be the old term that we would say when we would describe it, you know, who's the kids? Cows and plows. Um, We we truly have kind of done a 180. Um, We currently offer over 25 different project areas, and they truly range from animals all the way down to vet science. Um, I know that's bad because both of them are kind of ag related, (laughs) but, you know, there's cooking in between. We actually have kids that go on to do coding projects, rocketry, um, it, it, woodworking there's so many different avenues and if there's a kid that is interested in something that we don't offer we actually have a self-determined project where they can make a three like the science fair type board um, and truly do anything so we have maple syrup we have honey we have um, we've had cheese making we've had um, candle making literally we can find something for anybody and one of the great things that you do is you integrate people from the community to help steer those uh, projects yes. and, and give uh, mentoring and, and advice. So I know that you're always looking for good volunteers in the community and always looking for new 4-H members. So talk uh, about that. Absolutely. So 4-H is part of the USDA NIFA kind of collaboration. Um, and that means we have a kind of 12-month enrollment process. So you can actually join 4-H at any time. Um, we do have some dates set that way. Like you couldn't join today and expect to show at the fair. Um, but we do have, you know, really good guidelines kind of set out where kids can join at any time um, and truly find their passion. So we can foster that. You know, a lot of kids see stuff that happened at the fair and they come up and say, hey, can I join? Absolutely. Hmm. Um, the easiest way is if you go to Berkeley County Extension's website. Um, we have a really good detailed kind of list of um, different clubs, where they meet. And if you contact the office, we can give you direct, you know, communication with that leader. Um, but, you know, it's amazing to see, you know, the amount that the community trusts our program. And that's something that I always hear about and am so proud to hear about. You know, there's a lot of business leaders that will come up to me and say, oh, well, I saw that so-and-so had 4-H listed on their resume and I knew they would be a good fit. And, you know, to me, that is worth its weight in gold. You know, that there is so much value in our program and there's so much value, not only in our kids, but also in our volunteers. You know, I'm constantly getting, hey, can you write me a letter of rec for? Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the past year, I know I've written them for grad school, college. I've written them for, you know, adults applying for other leadership jobs higher up in their chain. And it, you know, it never fails to amaze me as I sit and reflect on what these people accomplish in our program and how much they give back and the amount of passion and focus that they have. You know, it truly is all inspiring. Again, speaking with Mikey Withrow from 4-H and WVU Extension Agency. Uh, now, before we have to get to this break, I want to ask you, we're talking about fairs and like fair uh, projects and things like that. Is there one that kind of sits in the forefront of your mind that was just a really impressive uh, display that you weren't, you know, wouldn't necessarily expect to see at a uh, fair? No, oh, absolutely. Um, so I, I love this question. So mm-hmm. well, our last in-person fair, we actually had a young gentleman from our STEM club. 
um, who worked very closely with the Haunted Asylum, I believe. Okay. And he coded, um, I know, um, he coded actual, I don't want to call them bobbleheads because they weren't, but um, kind of mechanically driven faces huh. that could move as they would scare people through oh, the God. haunted asylum. So it was really cool to see that he planned this process out in so much detail that it's something that they went on to use in the actual haunted asylum at Camp wow. so Which is a, it's a fundraiser for it is, Relay? Yes, Relay for Life. Mm-hmm. That's, That's awesome. really cool. And that's something you're not expecting to see if you're walking through a fair. You're not, not expecting to see robotics like that. And he had the perfect little setup where it was in a dark box and you could see them light up and move. <laughs> um, but it truly is amazing. And, and another one that kind of jumps out, um, you know, we really encourage our kids to kind of stay local, buy local. And that's just kind of the drive that we kind of develop. Uh, we actually had a girl use her dairy goats that she shows in the rings mm-hmm. to actually make goat cheese. And she went on. Um, her family does own a business, Shepherd's Way Creamery. Um, so not to give business plugs, but you know, <laughs> no, that's we're all about that here. Welcome, it is welcome. It, it was yeah. you know really amazing to see kind of the development that they kind of had in their program, and then to see the kind of finished product and still be able to buy it even now that the family has aged out. Um, it's those types of things, and it, it you know it's it's amazing to me. You know, those families that you know will have a son or grandson or you know nephew, whoever it is, granddaughter, whatever. Um, show beef and then I can go to a local farmer's market and buy it right you know to me that is the essence of our program and that's the essence of our community absolutely again speaking uh, with 4-H and WVU Extension Agency's Mikey Withrow thanks again uh, for stopping in and talking with us and sharing all the cool things that you're doing there with the kids over 4-H absolutely I appreciate it see you all at the fair absolutely stick around for more here on Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST the Panhandle News Network it's Panhandle Live the voice of the Panhandle here are your hosts, Jordan Nice Warner and Marcia Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, a full service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs. Family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their new historic location at downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at SuttonandJanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Cavalli. If you've missed any of the show, you can always listen back to it over on our Panhandle Live Facebook page a little bit later on today. To start the show, we had our conversation with local truck driver Sean Gillespie uh, to give his perspective on the traffic, uh, I guess, headaches that are pretty constant uh, in this area anymore. And then before the last break, we had 4-H and WVU Extension Agency's Mikey Withrow on to talk about 4-H recruitment, summer camp, and the Berkeley County Youth Fair, which is coming up in uh, a few weeks. Or a week. Two a weeks? couple weeks. A couple yeah. weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, if you missed any of that, you can always listen back over on our Panhandle Live Facebook page a little bit later on today. always love having Mikey on. It just restores my faith in humanity because <laughs> he just attracts good people to him. Right. People who are so willing to work. And the, the program, let's be honest, oh, also yeah. attracts people who've benefited from it in the past and want to help in the future. And it, it's just a beautiful thing to watch. And he's got a good voice. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and a glorious beard. Yeah, <laughs> definitely a good that. beard. I feel like that's one of the weird things that uh, <laughs> comes with being in radio for however long is that you start to appreciate somebody's voice. Mm-hmm. And uh, if some, I remember in uh, school they'd always say if you're talking to somebody out on the street and they have a, you think they have a good voice, tell them to come into broadcasting school. We'll get them started. So I always, I guess I'm listening for that uh, nowadays when people have cool voices. And he's one of them. It's a recruitment tool. Yeah. 
Like, hey, you got a nice voice. Come in here and talk to a mic for a little while. I think his talents are better spent where he is, <laughs> but we're happy to have him on the radio anytime he wants. Absolutely. And again, if you missed any of that conversation, <laughs> you can listen back to it a little bit later on today over on our Panhandle Live Facebook page. And uh, uh, this weekend, Marsha, was a pretty big sports weekend. I don't know if you partook in no uh, idea. watching Was it a soccer that. thing? I think there was a soccer thing, Oh, there thing, was right? soccer. There was cycling. I uh, had an American win the... Uh, Stage in the Tour de France over the weekend. Okay, so you, or yesterday. That sounds wonderful, but it was a stage, like a, a stage in the Tour de France. So not right. like, like the whole. It's all individual races. Okay. So you take them as you as you can. Yay us. Okay. If okay. I wish we could, we had cameras. Wish I could just muster up a little to more show, to show you the the <laughs> I guess fake enthusiasm Marsha just threw my way and stared at me directly into the eyes. <laughs> Watch did that. Uh, but we were talking, and you kind of uh, you brought this up about the uh, MLB All Star Game, which is this week. Uh, they had a pretty significantly serious situation pop up. Right. If I remember right, if four people got arrested, they had a cache of guns and ammo in a hotel close enough to do some damage to the venue. Um, and one one of our news sources said, "Oh, the FBI said it really wasn't related, but." How could it not be related? Yeah. I mean, what we're seeing, and of course, these aren't, you know, official reports. So right. this is just what's coming out. Uh, police discovered 16 long guns, body armor, and over 1,000 rounds of ammunition uh, in a hotel room, which was, I think, about a block away from Coors Field, which uh, is where they're having one the block. All-Star game this week. One yeah, block. One block. So, um I'm glad they were able to find uh, that situation because, I mean, for one of the first big, you know, sporting events out, you know, in the world again, mm -hmm. uh, that would not be the way that you'd want it to happen. No, not at all. Absolutely I, not. I'm glad that I think it was a, a housekeeper that alerted authorities that all of that she saw some guns. Mm -hmm. So thankfully she did that. <sighs> it's crazy that that's something that you have to always be worrying about. Right. You know? If you go to a, an event of any kind, it could just be, you know, a Friday at five downtown. I, I hope that never, ever, ever happens. Absolutely not. Speaking of Fridays at five, of course, Martinsburg lost our mayor on Thursday. And um, as a result, the meeting that was supposed to be held on Thursday has been rescheduled. Um, it's an emergency meeting uh, for tonight, this, this evening at five. They're going to talk about naming a temporary temporary replacement and the business that would have happened on the 8th they're going to talk about doing that on another date i don't think they're going to tackle it necessarily tonight yeah and that'll be interesting to see you know i guess just what happens next after uh the sudden passing of uh mayor harriet johnson and th there was a lot of really nice tributes out uh in the you know online sphere just down everywhere uh the this past weekend uh in memory of harriet johnson which uh, was really nice to see especially at the friday of five this past friday everybody uh dressed up in bright colorful mm -hmm. clothing because as we know that's what you know mayor johnson would have been wearing and um you know the facebook page city hall facebook page had a nice post and uh, it was nice to see it was absolutely nice to see and we had some great uh folks on to talk about how they knew her and what she meant to them in their lives and uh of course you can uh, you can listen to those again on our panhandle live facebook page ran them on our saturday sunday product uh panhandle spotlight and so hopefully a lot of people heard some Stories about uh, Harriet Johnson that may not have been heard before. Absolutely. So uh, go ahead and check that out if you got the time. Now uh, we have a little bit of time left. Do you got anything going on so today? Dangerous. Anything big? 
Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be on Hoppy Show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Just forgot about that one. Yeah, could I think on, 11, uh, 11, 1145, I think. Uh, but, you know, it's Hoppy. So he could get someone more important than me. Oh, no. Yeah. So, I mean, well, he doesn't happen. get much more important than uh, Hoppy, really, if you think about it. Yeah. So, but he could he could get a guest that's more important than me, is what I'm <laughs> what saying. What are you guys talking about? We're talking about I 81. Oh. Letting the rest of the state know about what we're suffering up here. Absolutely. And what, uh, oh, Sean Gillespie. Yes. I'm going to pass on some of that. Absolutely. So make sure you stick it around a little bit uh, here in just a few minutes, I guess, for uh, Marsha to be over on uh, Hoppy Kirchival's show. Mine's going to be later in the show. But yeah, yeah, Hoppy's coming up. Let's stick around for that. But for Marsha Kavalik, I'm Jordan Iceworth. It's been Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Have a good one. Talk to you tomorrow. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs. This is the Panhandle News Network, a West Virginia Radio Corporation station.